Though he was often an impossible man, he had a beautiful heart. Mellowing with age, finally settling into the creative life of a writer in a comfortable home in a beautiful corner of the world, he was ironically forbidden from enjoying the fruits of his last endeavor. This is Greg Grasso, and welcome to Chapter One. I'm talking today with Chris Pan Lanois, the son of the one, one of the most prolific and renowned photojournalists of the 60s and 70s, John Lanois. Welcome, Chris. How are you, man? Thank you, Greg. Hope Idaho's doing okay these days. Idaho's fine. I uh, migrated out, out here uh, 25 years ago from San Diego after the service, and uh, I stayed. It's, uh, it's a nice place. You found your home, and uh, I hope it's a home of the home of the brave, land of the free. And uh, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Hey, um, I, I just read an excerpt from your epilogue in Les Mercans, the story of your father. And uh, this was this book is in his own words about his life. Um, he must have been a beautiful man with a. Uh, uh, heart filled of compassion, adventure, uh, and some sorrow. Um, yeah. Can you give us a, a little sketch from your perspective as his son? Uh, yeah. Well, he was like a globetrotter, an international photojournalist working for Life magazine and Saturday Evening Post. And in, in the 60s and 70s, when it was a time when those magazines had a lot of power and they could change uh, public opinion and force Congress to act and change people's, uh, open people's minds around the world. So it was, it was the golden age of uh, photojournalism in the 60s during that time, and um, uh, it was a time of crusading journalism. And he, 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 went, he fell into that uh, career uh, in the beginning. I mean, it all begins in World War II France in 1940 when the Nazi armies invade France. They, they had already invaded you know, Czechoslovakia, uh, Czechoslovakia, Poland, uh, Denmark—you name it. Like one country after another, and then they, then they occupied France, and the Vichy French government collaborated with the Nazis. So there was like you lost all your freedom. It's kind of hard to imagine such a thing happening to your country, but that's what happened in World War II. The Hitler and the Nazi armies just occupied his country, and his father said to him, "If England doesn't hold." I'm not sure you'll ever be a free man. <laughs> and that's how dire it was, because you couldn't even buy, in World War II France, Nazi occupation, you couldn't even buy a potato uh, if, you had, if you had the money, because all the, all the fields were requisitioned for German, German infantry and German resources. And so you lost your freedom completely. So he was shaped by that experience um, of, of, of longing for justice and freedom, in his country where he had lost, he and his whole family, his poor family, they lost, uh, all, the, all these poor families, they lost their freedom. They lost any, uh, any hope of justice. So he would dream about justice and he would dream about liberty. And when the Americans finally decided to join the effort uh, with the Allied forces to help liberate France, that's when he and his father thought that they, there was a chance there was a chance that they, they would be free and they would be um, you know, liberated. And, and when the, the GIs, the American GIs, finally came in and flown in from parachutes and, and from Normandy and everywhere, um, he just fell in love with America. It was like they were, the American GIs, they were his heroes. And um, he just fell in love with the idea of America 
and uh, just just dreamed of becoming an American himself, which he did after being drafted into the U.S. Army. He eventually became a citizen, and um, and then went into photojournalism because he met a, a mentor in um, post World War II France, Joe Pazin. He was a life correspondent, and um, my father wanted to just write poetry and drive across the American landscape with, with no checkpoints, you know, just free. He wanted to be free. And Joe told him that's not really very realistic to want to do that. So he, he gave him a whole stack of Life magazine, uh, Life magazine copies of um, that time. And he went through it, and, and he, Joe mentored him to become a photojournalist, and he came to California, and it all it all started like that. Uh, but uh, the, the, the Nazis, the occupation, the class, the, the class system in France and the Vichy collaboration in France of the 1940s made him a rebel. I mean, that's, that's, where, uh, that's where he got that from. He, there, was, there was very little left not to rebel against at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> well, well, and then also, you know, uh, during 43 and 44, the Allies uh, bombed um, uh, German-occupied factories in Paris and, and, and in France. And, you know, uh, a lot of the, the Germans were uh, still uh, still occupied France, started this uh, um, uh, anti uh, uh, movement uh, against the Allies. You know, hundreds of French were killed. Um, I wonder. I wonder how he felt about his own people being killed by Americans. You, you know, a dichotomy. He loved. He loved and and uh, um, yearned for that kind of freedom. And uh, and yet, you know, um, the bombings. Um, and and I know he. Uh, reading your book, um, uh, I know he uh, he went through some of that. That's true. Yeah, they had to dig through the rubble to help people and yeah. help people who, who got killed by by the bombings. Um, the thing was, uh, the, they were bombing the plants that were producing military right. hardware or anything for the Germans. So they had to. It was a strategic move. It had to be done, I suppose. And at that time, in, in World War II, Nazi-occupied France you lost freedom of the press, you know, you, everything is censored. Right. And so uh, the press, you couldn't be trusted anymore. Um, sounds familiar, right? But yeah. <laughs> I don't believe a word. But, I don't believe a word I hear on TV or the radio anymore. <laughs> yeah. And what well, my father's father told him when the, the Vichy press or whatever, the, 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 the general press in France were saying, you know, this is what the Allies are doing. Join the German movement. Uh, his, my father's father told him to read between the lines, you know, mm -hmm. because uh, you know that they were just—it was propaganda. Mm -hmm. they, they were trying to um, just uh, keep the Third Reich uh, and the Vichy government uh, working well, and uh, you know, collaborating. And uh, you know, you, you had to. You, what you wanted was your freedom, and and uh, my grandfather. Uh, believe that with the Americans involved and the Allied forces, that there was a chance that they could defeat these. I mean, it's so hard to imagine the, these Nazi armies invading one country after another, occupying every, you know, one country uh, from through Europe after another. And it, you, it's it's it's. Uh, I, I understand why why uh, he he became really a rebel. Sure. In his own. 
Sure. Um, yeah, and then in uh, what uh, 1950, he comes to America um, uh, on a boat, I guess. Uh, comes to, <laughs> yeah, comes right. to Manhattan. Uh, Lady Liberty was the boat, right? Um, I think. Uh, um, Liberté. Liberté. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, 1950 comes to the U.S. He's in his 20s, right? Um, he uh, he he makes his way to California. Right. Um, and then in 51, he joins the California Air Guard, right? Right. He was hoping that would, cause, uh, that would help stave off him being drafted mm. into the yeah, that's, uh, American uh, GI Army. And um, that's right. he was a French resident, uh, uh, alien resident at that time. And right. uh, his friend Joe was saying, they can't draft you. You're not even a citizen yet. Right. But they, they, they could, and they did. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. So he served two years there and uh, and then became a, a citizen while he was posted out in Japan. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he, he could have he could have left and gone back to France, but he felt my father felt an emotional debt to the Americans and the American GI. So he decided to to join under the draft and uh, join the army. And then later he joined the Air Force Reserve because he loved airplanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> well, as a young boy, he looked up and there were millions of airplanes in the sky. <laughs> That's right, coming to the rescue. <laughs> coming yeah, to the rescue, true. right? Yeah, yeah. And the okay. parachuters coming down, and it's like, holy right. crap! <laughs> and he was wondering why? Yeah. Why were they doing this? Why are they crossing the Atlantic? Yeah, right. To help liberate his country, and he, and from then on, he just he fell in love with the whole idea of America. You yeah. know, freedom freedom of the press, freedom of speech. I mean, you couldn't even be in groups of more than three people in occupied France, uh, you know, like the freedom to assemble. Oh, right. you, you didn't have that right. You, they, so his friends would split up in groups of three. <laughs> and when, and when the great, one great story is when the Germans were finally losing the war effort and had to um, uh, uh, retreat from France, uh, my father and his friends in groups of three would climb the fe- the, the poles and switch the German signs because they put up their own signs for directions right. and they'd switch them so th- it, when they were trying to retreat they eventually ended up in a circle and a standstill. You know? Now that's <laughs> that's right out of The Longest Day with John Wayne. Oh, when, really? Yeah, when, when they're on their way to St. Leon um, uh, they switch the road signs. and uh, I, I bet he got the idea from that movie. Oh, I bet man <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's crazy um yeah yeah and then uh, uh in in 1957 right uh he climbs on a uh onto a plane headed to manila right he um he's uh, i think he's sitting in first class uh, he's on assignment uh, he hears this voice over the intercom uh looks up and sees the most beautiful woman he's ever laid his eyes on uh, your mom <laughs> yukiko yukiko Yukiko, yes. Yukiko, yeah. Love at first sight, right? Uh, yes, that's how it's, uh, I guess that's how it happens. I guess yeah. how that happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and you, and, and your, your mom, uh, your mom raised you uh, as a youngster. Yeah. Your dad was like hardly at home for years, right? I mean, he, he yes, was he was often, often far away. I mean, yeah. we would tell each other, we love, I love you, I love you, I miss yeah. you. Yeah. But, um, his, that was his job to go globetrotting around the world. So I didn't really see him much yeah. for the early part of my life. And it was in the last seven years of his life where we worked together on this book that 
I really we we be, we reach a level of camaraderie that I guess is kind of rare, and um, as father and son, and um, so I I was able to get the story before it was too late because I knew, well you know mortality time is always short so absolutely you got to get the story before it's too late right right um, and uh, and and why did okay why did you collaborate I mean. Was it because he was your dad or, um, you know, you must have admired him. You must have, you know, figured out what he was all about at some point in your life. Yeah, like many of his people close to him, he would uh, tell his stories, his adventures in photojournalism, you know, with the gravity and humor of a a real adventurer who lived to tell the tale. And every time he'd tell these stories, we'd be either laughing or just amazed at these I mean, he, he he took so many risks, and he got out of every situation. It was just hard to believe. So everyone would tell him, "You got to write your memoirs. You got to write. You got to write this down. You got to write write a book. Do something." And and he he he, was, he did a lot of research, but he had trouble starting. And for years, he did research on because there's so many places he went to and so many stories, but he had trouble beginning. And so finally, I went. To Liechtenstein, where he was staying with his second wife, Sigrid, yes. who was a big part of this book, and um, uh, I just told him, "Just tell me the story, and I'll start writing it down." Mm. And so verbally, he started telling me the story, and that's how it started. And it was pretty difficult to start that way, father and son. You can imagine, oh, not man. so easy <laughs> because if you do one thing wrong, then you get you get yelled at. But uh, <laughs> no, he didn't have a temper at all. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's how it started, and then eventually, once it got started, he started writing in hand and uh, with a pen and paper, and then eventually started typing on those old typewriters they used to work on back in the old days. And uh, I just would refine it and uh, make sure the punchline was at the end instead of the beginning or you know anything like that. Well, it's a fluid story. Um, uh, This thing is broken into you know. a couple dozen chapters, and it's just an an amazing ride. Um, he, he's, no, really, man. I mean, I personally, I was born in '54. You were born in uh, what '64? Yeah, that's an industry secret. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's out. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't look fifty, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, you got a your. Uh, um, your dad and your story is similar to John Lennon and his uh, son's story. Um, John Lennon? Yeah. I mean, think, oh, yeah. think he's, about he's it. One, he's one of my heroes among uh, oh. King and President Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy Absolutely. and Malcolm X. Yeah. 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 He's and the reason da- I went into music, John Lennon. Serious? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the reason. He was the inspiration. And um, uh, I didn't know that uh, in our age, everybody could steal the music for free on the Internet. So. Right. I didn't know that at the, when I started 20 years ago, but um, right. so now I'm just working on this book, and I'm working on another book of my own, my own rock and roll memoirs. And you are, so, yeah, yeah. Oh man, when's it, when's that coming out? Well, it's written. I just have to proofread it. But right now, uh, our team has me so busy with uh, getting this book out there. I'll I'll just have to put that off for a little while. Wow. I don't know, maybe in a few years. Wow. Hopefully soon. Hopefully, you know, a couple years. Yeah. It's ready. I mean, it's. I just have to proofread it. Yeah. But uh, all one thing.
thing at a time, right? <laughs> yeah, in, in between all your gigs and everything else, right? Yeah, I got a seventh album coming, but uh, I don't I don't have time right now. What's the hurry? It's like it, everybody can get it for free anyway. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you put an album out, and immediately, yeah. almost everyone well, can get it for free. Well, and you're fifty; you're going to be around at least thirty more years, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm Mick Jagger. I guess can be an inspiration, right? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Oh man, I was I was on your website. Uh, you do some really cool shit, actually. I mean, yeah, really good stuff. Uh, uh, Controversial, I assume. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. You're you're a bit of a rebel, and uh, I really like that. Um, courage, courage, my love. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it, it it sickens me to death. Um, um, what? How much people hide these days, and uh, you the know, denial it, is amazing. It, like that, it, it's, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. I I once talked to a uh, psychiatrist um, who's writing uh, some books now, uh, thriller books. Uh, um, um, and anyway, yeah, uh, denial is one of the greatest tools that man has ever learned. Um, so 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 you understand what's going on too, then? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I can't believe these guys are running around free, like uh, uh, not answering for their crimes. I mean, nine eleven and the Iraq War and uh, stolen elections. I mean, I'm not going to mention any names, Bush, Cheney, and Rumsfeld family, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's really disturbing. No, I, I'm 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 quite pissed off. I, I me too. I yeah. I, I grew up during the. Uh, uh, 60s uh, 50s and 60s in connecticut um through the race riots in the 60s stanford well, connecticut you know uh um uh, played around and got in trouble in new york city all the time um uh when <laughs> i was raised catholic so i was screwed from the beginning you know uh, <laughs> but but when i went and you know what? I've made some. I've made some stupid choices in life. You know, I've I've had opportunities that have passed, but it really pisses me off as a guy. I'm a few months away from sixty. It really pisses me off to 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 see the freaking games that are being played today. And 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 there's no there, there's there's no call for it. Um, nobody's held accountable for nothing anymore, and it and it really ticks me off. And that that's kind of what I like about you because uh, you're out there and you do what you can uh, using your notoriety and your music uh, to make a point. Um, it you know. Uh, well, thanks. I, I I appreciate that you think that way too. I I yeah. I'm, I'm I thirst for poetic justice. I'm not the type of guy who wants an eye for an eye, but I would like to see uh, these crimes answered for uh, regarding 9-11. Three buildings went down, yep. and the third building wasn't hit by anything, right? And they yep. went down in less than 12 seconds each. Yep. Yep. So anyone who studies that, the, the rest, a lot of the rest of the world knows, and 36% of the Americans apparently know, that there should be a new investigation that's not controlled by insiders of the Bush uh, what they call sometimes the Bush crime family. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and I, I don't understand um, why uh, intelligent people uh, don't call uh, call this uh, to the forefront. I think it's fear. I think it's fear. I, I think people are afraid. I mean, you know. 
Well, that's true. We got, a, we got a drone uh, above us right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Good point, Chris. <laughs> Jesus. Take cover. Yeah, right. Stay cool under fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, big brother. See, see the humor in conflict. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. 1984 is not too long ago, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems to be familiar right Holy now. Holy mackerel. Jesus. Yeah. But you got to fight it, right? I mean, um, we got other bigger problems. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of research because my best friend was a firefighter on 9-11, and that's why mm-hmm. I could not look away, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why I want poetic justice. And I'm not want to, I don't want an eye for an eye. I just want to run these guys out of business, mm-hmm. these, these mil- military profiteers in the Bush family and all mm-hmm. these people. Run them out of business. Run them out of town. I, I think they already have real estate in some South American area where they can't be extradited. So mm-hmm. run them out. <laughs> let them go live somewhere else, you know. Let them run. Let let them run. I mean, I'm not asking for an eye for an eye. I just want poetic justice. That's all. Something acknowledgement of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Um, getting back, getting back yeah. to your dad. Um, right. I'm sorry. Dad. No, 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 <laughs> no. This is no. This is what makes uh, my program a little different. I I don't follow any kind of uh, guidelines. It's all stream of consciousness. Whatever comes up. Um, and, and uh, Idaho in the house. <laughs> well, Connecticut Yankee in Idaho's court. Uh, we'll oh, yeah. put it that Another way. Yankee. Another Yank. <laughs> Another Yank. <laughs> yeah, a, a Catholic Italian Polak mixed up kid (laughs) (laughs) but religion can be used for good sometimes like martin luther king used it for good yeah he did yeah he did um okay so your dad um or quickly your dad has been all over the world uh, manila laos guam korea siberia ecuador pakistan Hell, he's got uh, he's got De Gaulle on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post, the Beatles, Malcolm X. You covered Kennedy's death. What's is there one is there one point in his life um, that you were the most proud of your father for? Um, well, he has so many stories, so it's hard to pick one. But um, <laughs> I remember when I was working with him out in Liechtenstein, uh, I, we were talking about the Malcolm X story, and um, that was a poignant chapter uh, where he meets Malcolm X in Egypt, uh, just as Malcolm X was realizing that it's not really white against blacks. That's not the problem. Mm -hmm. It's really like kind of like a a, a, a class uh, war, almost like uh, the rich feeding upon the poor. Like Kennedy said, um, if we can't, uh, if we can't help uh, the the many who are poor, uh, we can't save the few who are rich. (laughs) And so Malcolm X was just realizing that because there were white Muslims in in Cairo as well. Mm -hmm. So he was realizing it wasn't just white and black. It was, it was something beyond that. And just as he was realizing that that's when he was, when he met my father. And uh, I think that uh, had something to do with um, them becoming friends for a brief moment in Egypt. And, um, that story I, I thought was really cool, and um, I told my father, and I was, said I was proud, proud of him. And um, when I was out there, and and it almost brought tears to his eyes because <laughs> you know, usually a son doesn't say to your father, "I'm proud of you," but uh, uh, that that probably was um, one of the strongest stories. And I love the Beatles story, and I love the I love the whole the, the boyhood um, struggle and 
World War II France. So that, that that gets to me. I want Martin Scorsese if he's listening. I want you to make a movie about that. <laughs> it, it 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 is a movie. Um, and <laughs> it feels like a movie with the pictures and yeah. The <laughs> yeah, my um, my great grandfather on my uh, mother's side, the Polish side, uh, he uh, the Nazis were coming into Poland, and he and his yeah. he and his village walked out. Uh, no bullshit. I mean, uh, just walked out. And I I remember as a young kid sitting on his lap, he talking broken English. You know, tells the stories and yeah, yeah, and, unbelievable. I mean, the nerve of this these fascists, you know, and unfortunately, fascism exists. Uh, sometimes in a clandestine way, as uh, we were talking about earlier. Well, also the strength of um, someone like your dad and uh, the French during that time. Uh, your, your, the resistance. Your yeah, yeah. I mean, your father, uh, from what I know of him, uh, from what I've read, uh, was a very strong, driven man. And uh, you, you got you to gotta give him kudos for that, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they say you live according to the stories in your heart, right? Mm, yeah. So yeah. I, 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 I take his story and bring it to my heart, and and just uh, uh, in a way, his story teaches me that courage is freedom. Yeah. Uh, because if the fear can stop you, if the fear can stop you, then you're not free. Wow. So courage was crucial. Wow, I like it. <laughs> I like it. I yeah, could, baby, let's get going. I could talk to you for hours, man, but uh, you know, radio, we're uh, we're into the thirtieth minute now. Oh, uh, really? Wow, time flies. No shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, would it? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say goodbye. Um, um, we, uh, uh, I think we connected a little bit. Is there a possibility of talking to you down the road, man? Uh, of course. I'd yeah, like to yeah, get. I'm, I'd I'm like to get into you. Um, uh, I sure. think I think you've got a great story to tell. Also, um, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll, man. And um, in the meantime, though, uh, if anyone wants uh, to check out this book, uh, they can they can get it Barnes and Nobles, uh, Amazon, you know, et cetera, other places. If they go to the American Book dot com, that's Amer- one of the sites. American Book dot com. Okay. The American Book dot com. The American Book dot com. Great. Well, um, uh, Chris, it's a it's a great story um, uh, about your father and uh, Le American. How do you pronounce that, Le American or American or? Pronunciation is Le American. Le American. Okay. Le American. I'm Italian. It's going to sound Italian <laughs> no matter how I say it. <laughs> I uh, uh, I appreciate time with you and uh, I, thank you. This 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 was fun and uh, again I'd like to get into your uh, get into your brain sometime. Uh, maybe we can do a maybe we can do a show and talk about the. Uh, Oh, the responsibleness of the uh, American government, and uh, yeah, let's let's get the fight on oh, while God. we have a chance. Well, <laughs> there's always a chance, as you know. And <laughs> That's true. Possibilities. We, you know, uh, lay the foundations for the possibilities. One yes. one thing I've learned um, uh, is that uh, uh, we touch we touch people every day. And if we touch them in the right way, uh, you know, our message and our love and our uh, values will will spread throughout. And uh, love and courage. That's all we can do, baby. Love and courage. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm 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 ready. I'm ready whenever you're ready. Crazy. And uh, you have my information, so yeah, just call or email anytime. 
Chris, thank you very much, sir. Um, thank you, sir. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> That's courage is ready for fun. Don't forget that. Well, I want to <laughs> get some. I want to get some of your music. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Are you coming to New York anytime or what? I, I, my dad passed away a few years ago, and I have I'm not sorry. been back. At, well, thank you. I haven't been back to see mom. She lives in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Oh, and I'm trying. You gotta come here then. I'm trying. Well, I I will. I will. My my brother's got a uh, an apartment in the village. <laughs> nice. And, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, if I do make it, I I will definitely look you up. Absolutely. When do you think you're coming? Well, I'm I'm trying to get uh, look at. I I I'm a city employee. Okay. Um, it's it's you know I'm a, I'm a freaking city employee. I work for the city of Pocatello, Idaho. So all right, all right. don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So when if if I can get there this fall, um, I will. Okay. Um, and I'll I'll definitely look you up. We'll have a couple of vodkas and talk about how we can change the world. All right, yeah, you have the vodka. I have some in my freezer just, just for you, and um, right. I'll oh. just drink the Guinness. <laughs> well, that works, too. <laughs> Thanks, but, uh, Chris. I'll be away at the end of October, though, so are you coming in November? Maybe? Uh, hopefully Thanksgiving time-ish. We'll, Good, we'll, perfect, we'll see. perfect. Yeah, I'll, I, that, that's great, great. I would, I would love to meet you. Yeah, I'd love to meet you, too, Chris. All Thank, right, man. Th- thanks Sounds a lot, good. bud. Yeah, Thank this you. is great. Yeah, yeah, it's inspiring. Keep kicking. To hear somebody, I'm not alone in them. No, mission. <laughs> no you're, not, you're not alone, man. No, no, you're you're a rebel. I love it. I love it. And I love your story. Thanks, buddy. Thanks so much. All right, you're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye.